0: Welcome back to the Women of Web3 podcast. I'm your host Lauren Ingram. I'm also the founder of Women of Web3. We're a community that's connecting women in the next iteration of the internet. We've got in-person events, Twitter Spaces, this podcast, and we have a talent collective that you can apply to be part of. So you can get approached by Web3 employers for potential roles in crypto, DeFi, NFTs, and more. It's also the best place if you're a Web3 company and want some amazing female talent to grow your startup. So just head to womenofweb3.co/jobs. So today I'm excited to be joined by one of the founders of digital-only fashion house, The Fabricant, and that's Adriana Hoppenbrower Pereira. Originally from Brazil and now based in Amsterdam, Adriana has over 20 years of experience across huge brands like Nike, Heimer and Coca-Cola before she decided to embrace the Web3 entrepreneur life. The Fabricant raised $14 million in funding earlier this year, and they've got some great names amongst their advisors, so like the CEO of Dapper Labs and the Sandbox's COO, Sebastian Bourget, who's also one of their angel investors. So in our chat today, Adriana is going to paint us a picture of what life could look like if we had just one physical outfit and instead had a wardrobe of amazing, varied digital clothing. So prepare to do some mind-bending today. And now I'd like to welcome Adriana. Welcome to the show, Adriana. Could you start off by saying who you are and what you do?
1: Sure. Thanks for having me here, first of all. And a big fan of, uh, of the work you're doing and uh, bringing more women into Web3. So I'm Adriana Robenbrau. Uh I'm one of the co-founders of The Fabricant. And The Fabricant is a digital fashion house, which has this ambition of transforming the fashion industry by creating a new sector of uh, only digital clothes, so digital only clothes that doesn't exist in the physical form. Uh, we started the business in 2018, much before NFTs were the talk of the town, uh, you know, much before Metaverse rebranded, uh, or Meta rebranded, Facebook rebranded to Meta, Metaverse existed. Uh, and we have, we had just this blind belief that there is a place for digital only fashion because we're more and more living digital lives where we want to create an identity, right? And clothes is a way to create that identity. So that's how we started and that we have been going strong ever since.
0: Yeah, I've been really impressed by what you're doing and the fabricant seems to go from strength to strength. But you mentioned digital-only fashion, so I'm going to use that as our jargon buster to kick things off. So yeah, what do we mean by digital-only fashion and then also what's digital fashion?
1: Yeah, very good question. And uh, we have been quite stubborn to remain digital-only, meaning... We create clothes and we help creators and brands to to develop clothes and, and to market clothes that are digital only, meaning that don't exist in a physical form. And the reason we have been very admin about it is because we truly believe that the big unlock is to create a digital fashion sector. It's more sustainable. It is uh, more profitable for the brands and it's more accessible as well. So in principle, anybody can create a digital fashion label for the metaverse, but in order to create a physical label, you need a lot of capital and a lot of infrastructure, right? Yeah. So I think uh, for all these reasons, we, we have been very much sticking to digital only. That said, the digital is when you marry digital and physical together. And it's happening a lot, lot right now in the NFT space and especially with fashion brands that are coming into yeah. the arena, because of course the model is is physical and it's very scary to let the model go. So it's much easier to be thinking about uh, creating a digital item that gives you access to the physical one. And when you establish that connection, that is what's called fidgeto.
0: Thank you for that. I think there's probably a lot of people that that's... Really, quite helpful because we see these words and you're never entirely sure what people are referring to. So, you started the fabricant in 2018, I think you said, and I've seen it on your website. It says, We envision a future where fashion transcends the physical body and our digital identities permeate daily life to become the new reality, um, which I really like. There's quite a sort of philosophical idea around this, as well as that sustainability point you mentioned. But what was it that drew you into? digital fashion or like what inspired you to start this?
1: Yeah, so it's a good question. So uh, first, I need to give credit to to my co-founders, Carrie and and Amber. So Carrie comes from the visual effects side and Amber is a a digital, well, is a fashion designer that only did digital fashion since her graduation. And I think the, the business or the fabricant was born very much from Amber's view as a young graduate from the fashion industry and she graduated in 2016 she refused to graduate with a physical portfolio. She really saw that uh, again, we're living more and more digital lives and why not express ourselves fully digitally. And she developed this uh, end of project, end of uh, graduation project that uh, envisioned this future where we actually don't have, only have one piece of physical clothes which is a thermal controlled bodysuit because everything else was going to be augmented in our realities and we can change clothes like on the blink of an eye. And that vision is captivation and is the vision that we still hold true. There will be a moment that uh, maybe it's not only one piece, but that our wardrobe is going to be very, very reduced. We have been dying in COVID, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, because we will be able to augment our realities. Uh, through hologram technology, through augmented reality technology, and uh, and our clothes can be augmented. So we're going to have basic items, but we're going to look fabulous <laughs> because everybody's going to be seeing the digital, um, I would say, accessories that we're going to create or the digital layer that we'll create in our reality. Uh, what got me interested in joining, because uh, Amber and Carrie had started before I joined, uh, was the fact that I had spent uh, uh, 20 years in, uh, in large organizations and, uh, and at one stage, you got into, into that, uh, uh, I guess, self-reflection from why again, we need to grow another 5-10% profit, why again, we want to push more advertising for people to consume more things that they don't need, right? Why we are treating people like human resources rather than people? And, uh, and, I, and this started growing on me and and, uh, and to a point that I said, okay, I think it's, ta- it's, it's time to stop. It's time to stop and, and get into something that really changed the system. And, uh, and I stopped my job and I didn't know what to do, but I, I knew I wanted to go into a place of, uh, of innovation, like a really scary innovation to, to a large degree, disruptive innovation, uh, that had a positive effect on society. and I wanted to create a company with people that I really liked, that stood for uh, a healthy a healthy company, a company where we treated people like people. And um, I knew uh, Carrie uh, for, for for many years. Uh, we became good friends. And uh, when I was having those coffees, after, okay, I quit my job. <laughs> I don't know what to do, but these are the things. And he said, "Well, Jan, I just started the fabrication in Amber. Why don't you join?" And the beautiful thing is that we're, we're very different and very complementary. Again, we have a, a creative technologist, a fashion designer, and, and a business uh, girl. And uh, and I think that is what's made us strong from day one. Uh, like uh, we have massive arguments with each other, <laughs> but uh, but always always with good intention, always with uh, with the intention to keep chasing this vision, chasing this vision of this fashion future where we're going to express ourselves freely, mm. right? Uh, and, uh, and with less impact on the planet and with more chance for people. Again, like if there is one thing that keeps me going is the human side of it, is the ability to really allow a kid in Brazil where I was born in the slums to become a fashion designer, uh, having the same chance as a kid in Paris that has all the means and the culture around it, right? Because you only need a computer and and a community to create your fashion label right now.
0: And we want to be the ones that enable that. I mean, that's a pretty amazing story. And and yeah, that combination of your different... Founders' backgrounds is a, a pretty heady mix. Uh, and also interesting that you were saying about moving away from that mass consumption and the sort of constant, yeah, selling, consuming. I suppose in a way we're, we're switching that. If we're talking about digital fashion, it's still selling and it's still consumption. But you're right, it has a much smaller impact on on the world. And you can still kind of express creativity without buying as much stuff. You mentioned you've got 20 years across these big corporates. So you've worked with like Nike, Hamer, Coca Cola. It must have been a massive change to to go from that corporate world to now working in that wider Web three, which is a very fast moving, slightly wild industry. What's that switch been like for you?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. No regrets at no regrets at all. But uh, I guess uh, like it helped that uh, um, the last ten years of my career I was in retail and and apparel, so like I understood the industry from inside out really well from a business point of view. Um, and i could also relate it to to brands who we who we partner with right because i couldn't understand where they were coming from so i think that helps the other side is um from large corporate startup i think like it is a question with three dimensions uh yeah that was, has been super fun and uh, and if anything i feel there is so much more freedom to to explore also my kind of my my Full potential. I would say, well, everybody's full potential, especially in in the early days. Yeah, I would do anything really. Like I was the one sending the newsletter, you know, answering the phone, and, and um, you know, making the coffee, right? <laughs> and that's just that like plasticity, that flexibility of exploring yourself as a, as a as a thinker and doer at the same time uh, has been tremendously fun. And with the the phase that we're in, which you know, between a startup and a scale up, I could say we are now a team of uh, 45 people. Mm. I'm now back into more, I would say, closer to my expertise, but it's still, which is marketing and products, but it's still being able to, you know, jump in different areas and and have that holistic view, and that's that's super fun. Um, Web three has uh, we didn't know about Web three when we started, to be honest. We just had this vision about digital fashion. And, and we had this vision of, about changing the industry, which is like pretty bold and, and disruptive. Yeah. And we knew we would not be able to change the industry by just having a label, right? If you want to change an industry, we, we needed to change the way people experience fashion. So from day one, we knew we, we needed like um, some kind of platform products that allowed people to actually play with the identity, and back then, also in two thousand eighteen, there were no avatar providers like like they are right now. You know, we we had we also thought like we we need a buddy. we need we need the action. There there is no AI filters to the way that there is right now. So our early prototypes, we actually thought we were gonna develop avatars and clothes, and we and we did it and we did a few prototypes. Uh, as we evolved in two thousand nineteen, we got in touch with Web three through the Dapper Labs. So we launched, uh, a, it's actually a historical piece uh, in, in many ways because we were the first group to launch a digital fashion item in blockchain. And we sold for uh, 54 ether back then. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was $10,000 back then in 2019. Yeah. But it was like, as of suddenly, we're like, oh, my God, and people are willing to pay for it. <laughs> not on, Not only what it means, but actually wow, we created something on chain and people are willing to pay for it. So that was a big eye opener. And then everything that we started doing was Web3. Like we said, OK, the, this platform needs to be on chain and we need to start doing NFTs. Uh, so we were very early on uh, experimenting with it and, and doing several projects, also involving brands as well, helping them to get in. And uh, and I guess we, we all embrace this fully hearted for two reasons. One is a very simple one, the ownership, right? like allowing people to own the items, like you own your clothes and be able to resell those items. And, and, and then you feel a, a true dynamic economy, because if you are able to buy and resell, then there is economical value, then there is a possibility of ecosystem build. The other side is, is, is what I mentioned, is just so core to our ethos from day one of creating this kind of... So we call ourselves digital fashion house. But not because uh, we wanted to own labels, Mm. but because we wanted to help creators to make labels. Um, so in from day one, we were giving away our files for people to build on top of them, right. And to make creations. So for us, as of suddenly that vision of a, of a a fashion house became a decentralized fashion house, became like, we can actually enable creators to exist. And we can be just the, yeah, like the umbrella or even the foundation for them to exist, right? So then um, everything kind of made sense. And uh, we start developing this product, uh, which we launched in 2021, which uh, was the, the Fabricant platform. We called it uh, in the beginning, the Fabricant Studio, but now we're just like, okay, it's the Fabricant platform. Um, which means that any creator can really launch their label in the metaverse and uh, create the NFTs and we make sure that those NFTs are are wearable. So we have partnerships with different uh, metaverse uh, spaces and we make them the translations from the very high quality standards, which we operate, which is the highest fidelity you can find up to the pixelated form of a sandbox, right? And as the product evolves, uh, we are building uh, modules also for community management, because I think again, like what I'm super excited about this, this whole space is, is the ability to, to give anybody that's, that is creative the opportunity to create a label, right? But the reality is, well, the big difference between web two and web three, when it comes to, to the way we operate and, and marketing, if you can call it, is that it's, it's less about the push and the consumption, and it's much, much more about the Co-ownership, the co-creation, and uh, and of course the community. So when I look at these um, kids that are doing TikTok videos on fashion, which are amazing creators, mm. they would love to have a label, right? They love fashion. They would love to have a fashion label, but they can't. Like the capital is ridiculous, but they do have a community, right? We could be the platform to allow them to be a fashion label for the metaverse. And and that's how we see the the disruption of the industry that we start more and more is uh, you it's not going to be about the big conglomerates it's actually going to be about the smaller creative very very authentic labels that will be able to exist because they have those uh,
0: micro communities that love their their aesthetics right exactly will end up with a sort of proliferation of these tiny super brands, which feels exciting. A couple of things I wanted to touch on. One is I love how you actually have as a business thought through each of those touch points of, okay, if you're selling digital fashion or you know helping people create these digital fashion labels, one of people's first questions, if they're not that familiar with digital fashion is, like, okay, so where can I wear it or how can I wear it? And so you've got these partnerships with these different metaverse platforms to go and use these NFTs, use this digital fashion in virtual environments. I feel like I'm telling you, I'm, I mean, I'm obviously te- I'm telling listeners to sort of make sense it for everybody that digital fashion doesn't have to be standalone. Because some, sometimes when when we buy NFTs, you know, it might just sort of sit in our crypto wallet and not not do anything. And for you know, in some instances, that's great because you want it to accrue value. Or you know, there'll be different reasons why you have bought the NFT. But the idea that you can then do something with it and wear it and be creatively playful—I love that. I also wanted to ask: if you're giving away all of this value, how does the business make money? If I'm allowed to ask that, you know, how how do you generate revenue?
1: Yeah, so uh, fees on the marketplace, just like any other marketplace, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel that there will be other business models that will emerge, but I would say that this is the basic one. Uh, we also do, um, a few items in co-creation and in collaborations. And then we have creators royalties and we have also our own collection. So that's also like, that's our own royalty. Uh, but I would say primarily these are the models right now, the way these will evolve. And, and I think again, that's the exciting level is, um, we are not a marketplace. We really, really see ourselves as, a, as enabling infrastructure for labels to launch, right? And, and if anything, our ambition is that we are an infrastructure that other people can build on top. So, for example, um, say that uh, I'm a, I'm a, I don't have the ambition to be a, a fashion label, but I'm really good in collecting and making looks and I can be a digital stylist. Right. So I can actually sell my looks instead of individual items to people. I can actually, uh, curate looks for people. Um, I can, um, so, and you can build your business on top of our infrastructure, or you are, um, a metaverse platform and you have uh, a lot of avatars, but they are very badly dressed. So you're going to get our library of, uh, of, uh, items. And you're gonna plug into your infrastructure so that those items are available, and or you can source just a part of the the collection. So I think that again, that is mode that we can't even envisage that will be able to exist through ecosystem play, which I think is all about how can entities nurture each other's growth and, and transact in each other's communities, right? So one one um, well, metaverse. Uh, Platform that we're talking to—it's a very exciting project. They are setting their own microeconomy, so they have their own token. But they—they they will allow us to build our own universe within the ecosystem, and have people trading tokens with each other. <laughs> I mean, like that's amazing, right? So for people to get into—it's always like. We're going to have our little island. If you want to get in, you need to buy a token of the fabricants. Equally, if the fabricanters that are in the island want to go outside of the island, they need to buy an entry pass to get outside, right? And I think that's, that's like phenomenal. I think that there is a lot of, uh, just like in the fashion industry as well, entertainment possibilities, uh, events. We, we do a few events right now. They're all free uh, to participate. We think that more and more it should be offered for uh, token holders, and uh, if it's not, and if you're not a token holder, you can buy an entry pass. Hmm. So again, that's another business model that uh, we evolved to. Uh, but
0: uh, yeah, a lot of possibilities, I would say, a lot of possibilities. You mentioned that you're obviously from a marketing background. There must have been some pretty big learnings in going from traditional marketing into Web3. So, what have been your sort of biggest learnings or your biggest challenges? You know, I think
1: I think I'm still learning. I think every day I'm learning. <laughs> But the big one is, is like uh, from push to pull, the whole web to traditional marketing is eyeballs, is funnel, right? Awareness up to conversion. So it's all about creating as many eyeballs and frequency of eyeballs as possible to convert people into your product. And I feel that Web3 is, uh, is very different than that. It is about connecting with the people that actually can be the ambassadors of your project and have them amplify your message. Um, have your community, again, build your community that stands for you and will, will buy into the vision, into the project, into the product, and will have long-term value by being part of uh, our system, right? And uh, and I think that, that concept of, uh, again, driving people to consumption versus driving people to participation, that's the big
0: difference super interesting and you've also just done a major launch this week Holland can you tell us about that? yeah it's very exciting I've been like this week
1: I've been such a hype because of it <laughs> um, so Holland is a, is a, our new project I would say is a, it's a product from the fabricant fashion label. And uh, the way it is, and the way we, we phrase it, is, is this collective fashion experience that you can you start building your fashion identity. You start collecting items and a bit of a treasure hunt to build your own unique identity. Uh, it starts uh, in, in February is when the mint is uh, of the first, I would say, piece happens, and it started with uh, with a line of accessories, and and it's the first time that we're gonna do. NFTs with AI filter built into the NFT, so they're true uh, jewelry pieces that you can wear. I could be wearing this skull, for example. Uh, and uh, but they also they are key to start the Holland journey. Like every month, there will be a new chapter of Holland being unfolded. Uh, you get uh, free airdrops, uh, but you can also collect items. You can co-create and customize items and ends up to leading to um, a true Metaverse experience, where you can wear those items. Uh, both, uh, both IRL and URL events, but uh, we're building this uh, Metaverse space in parallel as well. And, and ultimately having a community that again is there to participate, is there to own the product together, is there to define the destiny of Holland together. So it's a, it's a fashion experience, it's a community, it's a metaverse place and ultimately
0: that we will be building together. Amazing. So just thinking about how often people might be wearing or using digital fashion, at the moment to kind of man or woman on the street, it might feel quite sort of far-fetched at the moment of like trying, trying to make sense of it. How long do you think it might take for this to sort of reach mass adoption, for it to become quite normal to own or wear or curate digital fashion?
1: Yeah, it's a very good question. I think there is one big um, unlock that is um, still to happen that like everything that is uh, when we talk Web3, the onboarding and, uh, and the wallets uh, experience, it's all very difficult, right? And and if anything, I think that is the first block that we need to take out. And I keep telling our our product team, I said, I don't want the wallet on the forefront. I want the wallet on the background, (laughs) you know, as if it doesn't exist. Make it a closet rather than a wallet. (laughs) Um, So I think that is an unlock. But at the same time, AI filters are already at the mass adoption, right? So the the statistics is that there are 800 million uh, AI filters being used, in uh, I think it was last year, the statistic that I that I read. And uh, that is pretty significant, right? And many of them are fashion items because you know many of them are now especially on calls is stuff that is around your face. So I think that is a uh, that is kind of hinting that the best bridge when it comes to utility is not 3D metaverse experiences, but it's actually uh, the AI filters as the first layer. I think of uh, of mass adoption utility and bridging those fashionistas that are now in social media to this new world where they can actually own fashion items, they can own the filters, they can resell them and they can even create their own right. When I think about, um, so that is one, when I think about metaverse as when is it that we're going to be hanging out in an immersive environment with our digital avatars as a habit, not as a, you know, once a month or once a year, but as a habit. I think I believe between three to five years,
0: Hmm.
1: I believe that is where, uh, what's going to take. We already see the behavior on the, on the very early adopters. I think again, the experience is is lacking in many ways. and I think like you have Roblox that caters to a very young group of people, of, or games, of course, that are, that are pretty massively adopted, but have a very specific purpose. When we're we going to be gravitating and say, hey, Lauren, let's meet up in the metaverse for this call. Yeah, I think the, the technological infrastructure needs to be there through cloud rendering, to be able to allow people to actually have high quality experiences uh, in the 3D environment.
0: Yeah, totally. And uh, you're right, it will be a matter of also normalizing this technology. So not just having the hardware or, you know, say a VR headset, but even making people realize that everybody's using augmented reality a lot of the time with things like Instagram filters, Snapchat, or like standalone apps. Yeah, People use this sort of thing all the time and don't think, like, right, now I'm going to start using augmented reality. And at the moment, there's a sort of similar relationship with VR. I guess probably because people would normally put on um, a VR headset. It's kind of like, now I'm going into virtual reality. Um, And uh, you're right, it will become much more seamless, but more of that hardware and the tech ability needs to be in place. So lastly, where can people find you?
1: Very good question. So thefabricant.com is our home. Uh, You can find me Personally, in LinkedIn or Twitter, I tend to respond to everybody. So feel free to check in. And, um, and I think, again, the, I would say the, the last piece that I want to leave everybody is uh, women in Web3, we still need more. Uh, so I hope this inspire other people to dig into the rabbit hole, to come together and, and try to find out uh, more about this amazing technology. Again, it's going to be, it's a a technology more than anything that uh, enables uh, an unlock of, uh, of several possibilities. And I think we just need to be much more aware of what's coming and participating in it.
0: Thank you so much for your time, Adriana. I really enjoyed the chat. Me too. Thank you so much. This has been the Women of Web 3 podcast brought to you by Women of Web 3. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so more people can find the show. You can keep up to date with amazing jobs, opportunities, learning resources, and connect with other women by following at Women of Web 3 Co. on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. That's at Women of Web 3 Co. Feel free to tweet us with any questions about the show, and thank you for listening.